You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. So this question, I've already presented it to you. I'm going to present it again. How do we face our future? This was meant for last week. What? I prepared it last week. It was not meant for last week or I would have preached it last week. Last week we had a moment of intercession and before I continue on, I was, I was given testimony. You need to remember now, the Lord has said that this would be a season where we see the tangible fruit of our intercession. We see the tangible fruit of God moving in our lives. We would see the tangible fruit of our obedience. We would see it. You could see it. And the Lord has made good on that. He's made good on that promise. We prayed and we interceded for this family last week and just sat in that place and stood in that gap for them. And the Lord very quickly and clearly showed that he desired to bring, he just desired this outpouring of the spirit of God in that hospital. That revival would break out in a place where it is not meant to break out. And I can't think of a better place than the hospital. What is when you look at it, has been the, the focal point of controversy and division for several years. And the Lord is desiring to establish hope in what has been a hopeless place and pour out his spirit in this place. And he was going to do it through the Diaz family. And we saw that and we prayed that and we interceded for that. And on my way home, I had testimony of the Lord already doing that. Yeah, There were doctors that were coming in. They were just attending church in a hospital room. That's why we live stream for moments like this so that we can be together even when we're not physically together. And they were live streaming in the hospital room as doctors were coming in. And one doctor began to join with them in intercession. Like, come on. If that doesn't fire you up, you need to join a different club or something because this isn't for you. I'm telling you right now, if you cannot get amped up about the fact that a doctor came in And what the Lord had shown me this all week. And I just, I thought it was something different. The Lord was going to be in this prep. But I saw Debbie sitting in a hospital room. I saw Kennedy in the bed. I saw Sammy standing in the corner. And I saw Jesus enter the room when they were expecting a doctor to come in. And you tell me if that's not Jesus when a doctor comes in and he begins to intercede over this family that he's treating. Come on. And then other doctors came in that were not believers. And did not hold, you've got to understand, these people deal with hopeless situations all day long. And I guarantee they've never seen a response like this. There was testimony of people that didn't know how to act, but by the time they were leaving the room, they had received what they were hearing. The Lord gave us testimony of our obedience within 30 minutes of the service ending. And that's just when the testimony got back to us. The testimony was happening in the moment the Lord was revealing it, and we prayed it. Again, recognize heaven is not a storage facility, and it's full of what we won't ask God for, and we asked God to do things last Sunday, and he did them. That's the God we serve. That's the God that is for us, not against us, and that is the God that is calling us into the uncertainty of today and tomorrow. Are you good with that? I'm, I'm going to show you how to do something. This may be awkward, uncomfortable for you. It's okay. I have to teach my six-year-old things all the time that are difficult, and he's not good at them at first. And we just practice. 
But when we hear good news of the kingdom doing exactly what the kingdom did, it's, it's cool. You've got two. Everybody, there we go. Hey, that was cool. You guys did it. No one got hurt. We can do it again, all right? You're a little awkward at it, but when you hear good things, feel free to make a, a joyful noise. Do you hear me? Because what would have happened if somebody came in this room and I was delivering that news and we were just like crickets? I'd be like, I don't know that they were happy about that. Okay? Make a joyful noise when we hear joyful things. Amen? Are you good with that? In everything, not just when we're together, in everything, make a joyful noise. When the Lord is doing exactly what he said he would do. Okay? Good with that? How do we face our future? When it is full of impossibility and uncertainty, how do we face it? This is the question that we've been asking for several weeks. We start by facing our fear. We cannot be a people in this time influenced by fear. And I'm telling you, fear is running rampant in the world. And people are changing what they're doing. They're stepping aside from truth because they fear what could happen to them if they stand on a solid foundation of truth. Truth or fear... The spirit of fear is not one that you can ignore. It is a spirit that you must acknowledge that it is attacking you, that you are struggling with it, that it is coming against you. You must acknowledge it, you must bind it, and then you must step over it. Do you hear what I'm saying? You cannot ignore a spirit of fear. The enemy comes to do three things, still kill and destroy through fear, doubt, and division. And if he can get fear in you, he can get doubt in you. And if doubt is in you, division is in you. Fear is the, the key that opens the door. So it must be acknowledged, it must be bound, and it must be stepped over this morning. And I want to acknowledge it now. I, I saw this moment two weeks ago very clearly. You know this, sometimes it's uncomfortable, but as your pastor, I just, I just can't not be 100% honest with you. And I believe that that is what I'm anointed to do, and I believe that that is the vocational responsibility of a pastor. It's not to put on a pretty face and, and to say everything's peachy when things are not peachy. But to also rejoice when there is rejoicing to be had, right? And to be authentic is a better word. So I want to acknowledge now the fear that I've been dealing with. What do we fear? What do I fear? I have feared for several years, and it's really just come to a point in the last several weeks. You can ask Sarah, uh, and if you want to talk more about it, it's been a, it's been a ride, for the last two months for our family. Like a ride. And not, not the comfortable ride. Like no AC going down the side of a hill ride. Not fun. Scary. We're ready to jump ship several times. The fear was so strong. I feared this city. After everything that the Lord has said. Over years and years and years. I fear that this city and the people in it. Say No. It breaks my heart. And I'm telling you, it, it, I mean, it melts me. And that fear is extended to this house. What do I fear most? I fear this house saying no. Because if this house says no, the city will never see it. We're it. And that breaks my heart. I hear the testimony of where the things are headed for our city, and it's very clearly it has to be God. It can only be God. There's no other solution but God. If 
if we want to have a school in sundown, if we want to have stores in sundown, if we want to have people that desire to live here and not a bunch of vacant buildings, it has to be God. That is where we are at. I'm telling you, that is where we are. And so the fear has got so big. It got so big for me because I just felt like I was so afraid that we were just going to say no. Because what it requires now is everything. There's no more being able to give God a little bit and receive all of what he has. You either give him all and get it all, or you don't give him anything and you get nothing. You get nothing. And so that's been a fear of mine. But because we cannot be a people influenced by fear, I will not be a pastor that is influenced by fear any longer, I just want to say before you now that you could be witnesses of it. So if you see me struggling with it, you can remember this day on May 22nd at whatever time we're at. During this service, this fear was bound in my life. It was acknowledged, it was bound, and it was cast out, and we're moving from it. Amen? Amen. We're moving from it. Amen. Thank you, joyful things. Look at people learning. That's beautiful clapping. You guys are good. That's only your second time. You could get better, but I like it. And so I'm asking now, who is, who is stepping over fear with me this morning? What fear is influencing your days? I would ask you, and I challenge you, acknowledge it now, bind it now, and step through it now. Amen? Amen. Acknowledge it now, bind it now, and step over it. It is in the past. It no longer dictates your present. You saw the moment here on this stage where fear was bound in my life, and we've moved past it. Now it is currently in my past. Amen? That is the same for you. I would ask you, acknowledge it now, bind it now, and step over it. It is in your past. I'm declaring it over you. It is in your past, and it no longer dictates your present. Amen? God did not bring us here to die, but he brought us here for life and life abundantly. And right now, we're experiencing breakthrough in this moment. But what I need you to recognize is we had to position ourselves for this breakthrough. If we wanted to deal with the spirit of fear in our story, what did we have to do? We had to position ourselves in this place to deal with it right now. I can't put it on a to-do list. I have to position myself. You cannot put God on a to-do list. The movement of God, the obedience to the spirit of God does not belong with your grocery list. It, belong, it should be the making up of every breath in your lungs. And we're experiencing breakthrough. We have experienced breakthrough this morning. But we had to position ourselves for the breakthrough. Because we need to understand this. The promise is true. God did not bring us here to die. But if we do not move, we will die. When the Israelites saw Pharaoh's army coming after them over the hill, and they were commanded to move, had they not moved, they would have died. Period. They would have died because God gave them instructions that was going to save them, to preserve them. And if they had ignored it, there are consequences. And they would have died. So if we do not move, we will die. And sometimes, really a lot of times, we don't want to move and that's where we need to look at Jesus again. We've been talking about it. Jesus exchanged his wants for God's will. In the garden, before he was uh, taken prisoner and, and this process of getting him to the cross was started, 
He prays this prayer. If it be your will, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, your will be done. What did Jesus want in that moment? He, his Father's will. And what was the, but what was the want that he had to lay down to pick up the will of God? He wanted to live. Can you think of anything more basic than that? He didn't care if he had shoes on his feet, clothes on his back, food in his belly. He just wanted to have breath in his lungs. And he was willing to lay that down for the will of God. And the will of God was literally the opposite of what he wanted. It was to die. But to die that we may live. And not just die that we may live, but die that he may conquer the grave and he may return to the Father in glory and the Holy Spirit may come and establish the kingdom here and now. We don't have to wait for it. Yeah! I like it. You guys are really cool. You're getting good. We must exchange our wants for his will as Jesus did. Because even, again, look at what Jesus picking up the will of God. Look at what that has done for us. So you tell me, can you say with confidence that what you want versus the will of God, that what you want is greater than the will of God for your life? It is not. Even if it means your death, it is better. That doesn't make sense. But because we live in this fleshly vessel that is solely designed to self-preserve. But right now the Lord is saying, lay down your wants even if it means the breath in your lungs for my will, and I promise you it will be better. And he's never been wrong before, so I don't think he's going to start with you. To face our future, we must practice peace. We talk about having peace and we pray peace over people, but peace is practiced. Just like fear cannot be just ignored, it must be acknowledged. Peace must be regularly picked up and held on to. The Lord has given it and he has withheld nothing from us, but peace is practiced. How is peace practiced? If you live without thanksgiving, you will live without the peace that surpasses understanding. You cannot have one without the other. I love this moment of Stephen being stoned to death and looking to heaven with a smile on his face. There was thanksgiving in his heart and therefore there was peace that surpassed comprehension. How could you have peace in the moment of death? Jesus on the cross, full of peace, the prince of peace. Thankful for the will of God and what the Lord was doing because he could see beyond what we could understand in that moment. We must practice peace even when we face impossibility. Like I said, we've been in Exodus 14, and we'll be there again today. We're going to start with verse 13. Marcus, if you can get there. I just told him Exodus 14, and we'll see what happens. So there you go, sweet. Verse 13, and Moses said to the people, Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You have only be silent. The Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? 
Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Two weeks ago, we discussed a moment, a natural moment, not talked about often, but this moment where the Israelites had to stop at the edge of the water. The Lord said, move. And they come to this place, they're fleeing from an army at their backs, and they come to this place where they are at the edge of the water, and they have nothing, they don't know what else to do. There are no options. They can't go swim, swim away across this sea. And we talked about how this natural stop, the Lord has created this natural stop that we would recognize the moment that we're in that I can either choose breakthrough or I can turn back to bondage. And this natural stop is this moment where what all he needs us to do is recognize that he will fight for me and I just need to be silent. And several weeks ago, we, sit, we spent a moment in just complete silence. And let me tell you, I don't know about you, but I have powerful testimony of that, of that moment. I've heard this before um, from a pastor that, I, that uh, he mentors me. He doesn't know it, but he mentors me. And he talked about this moment where the Lord, he wanted more of the Lord. And so the Lord answered that prayer and it was, incredibly uncomfortable and it was not pleasant but it was glorious because the Lord had to pull things out of him that were not of God and it hurt and I'm telling you in this moment of silence I sat I stood right there and I physically felt things getting pulled out of my chest and I thought I was having a heart attack it felt like my sternum was getting crushed it was yeah you know painful she's been there she's literally had her sternum crushed it's not cool and it was, it was not comfortable, it was not pleasant, but it was glorious. And the Lord programs this stop. He programs this moment where we can just stop and allow God to be God in that moment where we can either turn back or we can anticipate God's intervention. And that's what they had to do. That's what we are programmed to do right now as we face this moment where we are standing at the shore and we're looking out and we have no idea how the Lord is going to do what he said he's going to do. How is he going to save us? How is he going to preserve us? Because I see no path where the Lord has led me. So we can either turn back again to bondage, to slavery, to the life that we were never meant for and that Christ died that we could be free from, or we can anticipate in this stop God's intervening. We can come to the shore and anticipate and recognize this moment that God is God and he is for me and I have been obedient and therefore I will not die because he has not led me here to die. He led me to the shore and it was not to die. But to anticipate his intervention does not require you to know how and for some reason that is where we get tripped up. If I don't know how God's going to intervene, we, we don't move. The Lord said, move, and they moved. But what if they, but there's water down there. Uh, I don't know how you're going to do this. What ends up happening when you begin to question the steps ahead of you? You step back. And what am I, I may not be facing it, but what am I heading back towards? Bondage. And we we worry about this three-letter word that is not ours to worry about. Just go, do what I said to do in this moment and be amazed. That's all God requires. Verse 15, God had yet to reveal the how, but still told them to move forward. He had given them a command, go. And Moses is speaking truth 
to the Israelites, but then he turns back to God after he speaks that to him, and God's like, what are you doing? Go. I have commanded, why are you still praying and interceding? Just move. That was the word that I commanded. The how is not necessary to move. Just say yes and go. Amen? Amen. And it really, it just requires to be silent and to allow God to be God and recognize that he is for you and he is for your good. Are you convinced of that? If you're, hey, yeah. If you're not convinced of it, get convinced of it. If you're not convinced that he is for you and for your good, you will never move. He is for you and he is for your good. He is for, he is for your future. He is for your children's future. He did not send you all this way to die. Be silent and let him be for you. The same God, hear this, please. The same God that parted the sea is making a way through your impossible future. Are you good with that? Can you receive that this morning? I would just ask, check your heart now to receive this reality that the same God that parted the Red Sea, the same God that parted the waters is making a way through your impossible future. A way where there was no way, and I continue to go back to this when I reflect on sundown and I'm praying for its people and I'm praying for this church and I'm praying for the, per- the people that gather here and the people that don't gather here, the people that are just dwell in this city when I pray. The Lord continues to bring me back to this reality that there will be a way made where there was no way. Where people have said, and you would look and say there is no path to be made here. The Lord is choosing that place to make a path, like a large body of water. There is no dry ground to walk on. But the Lord will split the sea for you, for this house, and for this city that we could walk on dry ground on a path that the Lord has made and man could not make. It was not an option that we could see. It was not a route that we could have taken on our own. It had to be God, and it was only God. And now this this last answer to this question of how do we face our future kind of a no-brainer. How do we face our future? We face it through obedience and action. He did not bring us again all this way to die, but you will die if you stay still. Again, we see in Exodus 14, 15, God had already given them a command, and that was to move. That was to move. And Moses didn't need to stop and pray again. He needed to be obedient to the word given. Some of us are asking God questions, but we haven't been obedient to the last thing that he gave us to do. And we're asking God for clarity and we're asking God for answers, but the Lord has said move and we've still got our feet in the same place. And he's a good and perfect father and he will not give us what we cannot handle. He will not give us from heaven that which we are not ready to receive. He will withhold. Now hear this and recognize this is dangerous. He's a perfect father. He will withhold good things until we are ready to receive good things. Not because he doesn't want to give them to us, but because he will not, again, I'm not going to throw the keys to my truck to my six-year-old son and say, take us home, buddy. I will withhold that until I see he's in a place that he can receive it and he can operate it in the way that it's intended to be operated in. The, The way the gift is meant to be used, the Lord will not release blessing until we're ready to receive that blessing. Mm -hmm. 
He's not a vending machine that gives it when we punch in the code. He gives it when it's needed and when it's necessary. And he will release that. But some of us have stayed still when he said move. So what was the last thing that he told you to do? And I would encourage you to do that. If you don't know what the last thing he told you to do, but you have unanswered questions, you have no idea how you're going to face this future, this impossible future, you don't know what the next step is, ask the Lord to speak it again. What was the last thing he said? And then when he speaks it again, do that and stop hesitating. Some of us get so scared of messing up that we don't do anything. We get so worried that we're going to mess up this thing that God has given us to do that we just stay still. Tell me, how are you going to mess up just taking a step forward? I'm telling you now, you're not going to mess it up. Again, the Lord has commanded this of you not so that you would fall flat on your face. He's commanded it of you because he's given you the provisions. He's anointed your steps. He's given you everything you need to take that step and operate in that moment of obedience. If God says do it, you better do it and stop evaluating it. We often also say, well, I'll be obedient if God can meet the conditions of my obedience. What I need him to do if I'm going to do this, I need you to do this for me first before I can do this. We can't do that. Because that's just another scheme, another tool of the enemy to keep us still I don't know how to do this. I'm telling you right now, this may not be the best thing for me to confess on a live stream and a recording that people are going to hear for years to come. I don't know how to do this. I do not know how to be a pastor to a community like Sundown, Texas. There's not a course. I went to college. They didn't have one for this. (laughs) They don't have it now. And I'm still facing it every day when I look at the challenges this community faces. When I look at the challenges and individual stories, I'm looking to, I, no, I ain't got nothing. It's got to be God. I have no idea how to do this. But say yes and move in obedience. And so it's okay. You do not know how to do it, but you must believe that he will work on your behalf. Believe that he is for you. Believe that he loves you with a perfect love, not a conditional one. Believe that he didn't bring you here to destroy you. And then anticipate his coming. Amen. Amen. Stop hesitating. If God says do it, just do it. That is what the world needs now. Christians, that when the Lord says move, we move. It's that simple. He has not created a difficult system for us to be a part of. He has just said move when I say move. If God says do it, do it. The miraculous cannot happen. If we are not in a position to see it. Last week could not happen had we not as a church said yes to that moment. And the lives of the people in those hospitals could not be affected had we not said yes in this moment. Even the Diaz is being prompted and listening to the prompting to pull up the live stream. I mean, how easy would it have been for any of us to just be like, that's not really convenient, I don't feel like church right now. It's so easy. But in the obedience, because the Lord said do it, the miraculous happened. Obedience puts us in the position to see the miraculous. Be willing to do anything. So many of us ask, okay, well then what can I do? What does the Lord have for me to do? 
Here's another thing. The Lord doesn't have to... If the Lord says move, is that where it ends? Or does he need to tell you to also move your left foot? He doesn't need to say that he said move, so keep moving until he says stop. So if you don't know what the Lord specifically has for you to do in this season, let me, I mean, super simple. Love and be kind. If you see a need, fill a need. If a chair is crooked, make it straight. If a trash can is full, take it out. If someone's loading their groceries by themselves, go help them load the groceries. It is so simple, and you don't need a specific word from the Lord to do those things. He said, move forward. He said, establish kindness in this community. So literally every opportunity to be kind is obedience to what God has said. Every single one. And just do it. Just move in it. Stop hesitating. Be willing to do anything. Most of the miracles that are to come, most miracles, most breakthrough, all of it is waiting on the other side of a very small movement. Like stretching out a staff. Do you hear me? It's not attached to profound, astounding things that you have to have a doctorate to be able to handle. It's attached to small moments of obedience. Like stretching out a staff. Or singing a song over. Praising God. Singing a song. How many of us are unable to sing? There's none. It's a simple movement. It's a simple moment of obedience. It brings miraculous and insane breakthrough. How difficult was last Sunday to just simply pray? That was not a difficult thing that the Lord gave us to do. And miraculous and breakthrough and wondrous moments came from that simple thing. The seas will be parted when the children of God are willing to do the simple things. Like stretch out the staff. Showing up every day and giving God your best is positioning you for a powerful future. Anticipating good no matter the circumstances. In the moments that we face, in the uncertainty, in the difficult circumstances that we can see over our community, that we can see in this house, that we can see in the members of this house, anticipate good no matter what. God works everything for the good of those that love him. Do you love him? Then he is working for your good. Rest on that. Stand on that. Don't let people or circumstances pull what God has spoken over you out of you. Hear that again. Don't allow people or circumstances to pull what God has put in you out of you. Do you hear me? Don't allow your joy to be robbed because of a difficult moment. Don't allow the anointing that has been set over your life to be dismissed by you or anybody else because you're in a difficult place or you've had a difficult encounter with a person. Don't allow the things that God has established over you to be pulled out of you because of a difficult moment. We cannot be those people. We must be those people that though the wind and the waves are crashing all around us, we sing even louder. We don't become quiet. Do you hear what I'm saying? We cannot be those that become quiet when things get crazy around us. We must become those that sing louder. Because what does everyone look for when the waves are crashing around them? They look for what is solid. We are to be the lighthouse in the storm.
A lighthouse does not shine dimmer when the night is darkest. It shines even brighter. That is for you. Say yes and go. Move forward. No matter the cost, move. For his will is for you. It is not against you. So move and be obedient. Amen? No matter the cost. That's the dangerous thing. I articulated this several weeks ago, but I've just been in this season of very, very, very dangerous prayers. It is dangerous to tell the Lord, I want more of you at any cost. That is not something to pray lightly. It it will be for my good, but it could also mean the end of my life. That's what it meant for Jesus. And he is perfect theology. He is our example. But I'm telling you, that is the prayer that is necessary. It must exist in us. I want more of God at any cost. Because I'm telling you again right now, I know that I'm made for more than what I've seen thus far. I know that I'm made for more than I've ever encountered up to this point. Do you believe that you're made for more? Do you believe that you are made for another degree of glory that the world has not yet seen? Because I do. And I want it at any cost. That must be the prayer of this house. It must be found in us individually. Because in that place, we will move forward. We will move, we will find ourselves at the edge of the water, and we will just begin to step into the water, knowing the Lord will make a path where there was no path. Because he is for me, not against me. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.